Welcome to Disrespectfully Agree with Oatman and LJ. I am LJ Cross me is Mr. Oatman. I am Oatman and off to great. That's what I'm changing my name to. No, it's not not going to... No. No, you're not going to call me Oatman and off Mm-mm. to great? We've, uh, you've tried this before. It's It didn't work then. It almost worked this time. <laughs> Wait, no, not at all. It didn't work at all It didn't time. work at all? No. Nothing. Let me think about it. Hold on. Has to walk I, I, need a sil- I need silence for a okay, second. Go for it. No. Damn. Sorry. Okay, I was, swear I was going to get you on that one. This episode, we're going to tackle Solo, a Star Wars story. This was directed by... Ron Howard? Well, technically, I guess. Yeah, he uh, came in halfway through or something? Yeah, something like that. They had... Uh, who do we have on this? We had Phil Lord and Chris Miller originally, those of... Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the Lego Movie, and 21, and I think 22, Jump Street. They were fired. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm, whoever made uh, the decision that wasn't working out. Rumor, I didn't look into all of the details. Uh, There's a lot of rumor, speculation, some details leaked out, but basically it seems that the uh, studio didn't have faith in them. They are apparently doing like 30 takes on certain scenes and it seemed like they were out of their element or perhaps too nervous for a movie this large and with this many people basically hovering over them. It's a lot of pressure, I would imagine. Cloudy with a chance of failure, baby. Yeah. They were removed. Ron Howard was brought in to... uh, The big guns. Yeah. Reuniting with Lucasfilm since Willow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mad Mardigan in the house. The well, we don't. That's spoilers. Is that a spoiler? Kinda for some people. Oh yeah. Gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with the spoiler-free conversation as best we can. Then we'll move into spoilers on this. I got a question for you, Oatman. Y'all like Star Wars fan fiction? Actually, yes, I do. Really? I do. You know, I'm not a a huge fan fiction nerd, but I have read some pieces here or there some of them i didn't understand like what, what uh the few pieces that i remember reading and i barely remember them the, the thing that stood out to me the most is that fan fiction that i've read at least tended to stray away from characters that are ne- not necessarily prominent in the movie right side characters yeah so when i thought when i thought fan fiction i thought it would be like oh, i'm gonna read about darth vader and this and that but it really wasn't as much that. Sometimes those characters were almost background characters. Yeah, they're going to go with like the, one of the guards at Jabba the Hutt's palace. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's like his relationship with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was with it. the what was that? What was the monster? I can't believe I'm blanking on the monster's name in Jabba's palace. What was that thing? I forget the name. Oh man, I'm going to. I've lost my nerd cred here. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I, I enjoy some of that. I, the, some of the stuff that I read, I did enjoy. Well, this movie struck me as very fan fictiony. Yeah. Answered a lot of questions, questions that, that we did not have. Did not have that we didn't care. Hey, wait a minute. And hey, wait a minute. So you're uh, oh, just a spoiler. Yeah, can't, we can't. We'll mind. get into never the mind. questions. But yeah, it's it's in some of the some questions you kind of wish hadn't. Yeah, because I was listening. I was like, been answered. So <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a, so that seems dumb. All right, fine. You know, and I was really disappointed. I, I don't know if I could say. Let me say this. My anticipation for this film was low. In fact, if it weren't for this podcast, I don't know if I would have seen it. The, we would have went. We would have went together. I, you might have dragged me. I would have dragged you. Um, I anticipated this as possibly being, like, my, the highest hopes I had for this was that it would be fine. <laughs> it's like in my wildest dreams, like, maybe it'll be fine. And you know what? I think for most of the movie, I guess, I think Act 1 and Act 2, the film is kind of just fine. Act 3, I think, is pretty good. Maybe it's just because in comparison to the first two acts, 
But I think Act Three kind of works, and and by the end, I was more or less, I more or less felt like, you know what, I kind of enjoyed that. I don't love the film. It's not something I think I'll ever rewatch. It's certainly unnecessary, but it, it was more or less enjoyable. Here's some problems. Act One, basically, the first scene we get is a chasing. It's basically a car chase, and it's a muddled mess. The geography of action, it's it's not as like my go-to example of terrible. Car chase is the opening to Quantum of Solace, where you don't know who's who, who's where. Like all the cars are exactly identical. You don't know who's in what car. The camera's moving like crazy. You can't see what's happening. You don't know where anybody is. And then action happens, but you're not sure to who or why it happened. This isn't quite as bad as that, but it is inexplicable where the characters are, why things explode, who hits what and why why they find themselves in different areas in relation to each other. It may seem like not an important thing, but when you're doing the car chase, that's everything. Without that, it's just junk happening on the screen. Am I off base? Not at all. You're, 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 you're dead on. Uh, plus, I, I have a thing I call uh, the Longmire Rule. I think that's what The Longmire Rule? Yes. Okay. There was a show some years ago called Longmire. I think it was called Longmire. I've, sounds familiar. Yeah, it was a show about a... It's like a Western kind of thing? It's like a thing? Western, a modern Western. And anybody knows me, only thing that I may love more than science fiction is Western. I love Western. I love that genre. You're the one. I love You're the old, one guy. I'm the one guy. I love old Westerns. I love the new Westerns. I love it. And I try to saw, uh, watch Longmire, and uh, it has some really great supporting characters. It was a great story. The topography of the scenes was beautiful. Some of the stories were really interesting and intricate, and I just couldn't make it through the show, and I didn't like it. Mm. And I couldn't figure out why mm-hmm. and and I, and finally it hit me and that's why I call it the Longmire rule when you when you go into something called solo or Deadpool or something like that you have to on some level fall in love with the main character yeah there, there has to be something that is almost, this is a problem with a lot of modern day TV yeah it, it almost has to be ethereal there has to be a connection that you make with that character and, and what happens sometimes even when the film is bad, if you're in love with the actor or Philip Bond, like I'll give you a great example. I dislike what DC has been doing. Not that it's been <laughs> terrible. I just don't think it's very it's strong. It's been kind of terrible. But I'll tell you what I do like. I like the Superman. I hate it. Yeah. The, the one Superman that they had one back ago. Uh, Roth. Yeah. Nice uh, try. Ruth. Brandon he, Ruth. Yeah. Brandon Ruth did nothing for me. And so I didn't really care about the movie because I didn't have that relationship. This new guy, I kind of like There's him. something about him. There's it, something about him that draws me in. The actor works. The, mo- the, the movie didn't, the but the actors don't. work. And but, what they're trying to do with his character doesn't work. But the actor, there's something behind the eyes. And if you have that... That works. When they said they were Ben, when they were casting Ben Affleck, I thought they were out of their mind. I said, "Are you intentionally trying <laughs> to destroy the franchise?" It was already dead. And then they cast him, and when I saw his performance, I rediscovered something in freaking Ben Affleck that I liked. I liked that older, a slightly more grizzled, a little bit worse for the wear Batman that he creates. And even though I don't love. The movies, I will follow him. I will follow Christian Bale. The Ben Affleck Batman, there is a good movie somewhere, somewhere with him in it. Somewhere in him in it. But they can, haven't made it yet. They haven't made it yet. If we can find the story, it can be there. The problem that I have with Solo is when I met this kid, 
nothing. I mean, it just and and it's hard to craft. It's like I know Han Solo. Han Solo is a friend of mine, and you, sir, <laughs> you sir, are no Han Solo. You are not Han Solo. This They're, movie relies on your love for Harrison Ford. For Harrison Ford, and this kid doesn't have it, and it's not his fault. Yeah, it, when Harrison Ford says, you know, she's like. I love you. And Harrison Ford says, yeah, I know, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's how I roll. Yeah. You, you just, there was something there that just is be, almost beyond the character and beyond the story and beyond the film. And when you don't have that and the namesake can't carry that weight. I mean, just look at, just look at the scene in the first movie, A New Hope. It's Greedo and it's Harrison Ford and they sit down. He's got a gun on him. And don't forget what happens. The shooting first, whatever nonsense. Just watch Harrison Ford in that scene. Yep. And that is a man who's entirely confident in what he's doing. Uh, now granted, of course, this is him younger, quote unquote, whatever. So he's not there yet, but there, it's almost not the same character anymore. And, and I just, I didn't, it just didn't grab me. Uh, and I was like, uh, the guy, you know, and you can tell the kid is, is doing the best he can. And he's, you know, he's a good actor. It's, I'm, I'm not saying it was bad acting. He's a good actor. It just. It's a fine movie, except it shouldn't be called Solo. You know, it, it's, it has it's, no it factor to me. I thought Donald Glover was passable, but, fine. I'll, but I'll admit I was disappointed. I, I admit I was too. I, I, he was, he was passable. He was solid, but I tell you what, he wasn't Billy D. Williams. No, he was not. He didn't have that. There was a, there's a certain embrace of cheese yeah. that is Billy D. Williams. Billy D. was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you he, know, it, that, that sort of, that pomade finger rolls. The thing we just don't have anymore is we don't, <laughs> I mean, there was a, it's a Shatner-esque yeah. cheesiness to Billy D. Williams that is that character. And, and what you get in Donald Glover is you get an actor. Trying to do an impression. Yeah, or, or trying to create a crafted, well-crafted, deep, psychologically complex character as opposed to a cheese-a-thon. Sometimes you just need, you need William Shatner up there just yeah. being William Shatner. You know, it's not that. Like Billy D. Williams was one of those guys where he came in and he was like, I don't know who the hell this Lando Carissio character is. I'm Billy D. Williams yeah. and I just happen to be I'm wearing I'm going to be cape. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> exactly. I'm bigger than the movie. I'm going to be me. <laughs> That's the brilliance of Shatner. When Shatner comes in, yeah, he may be T.J. Hooker or Captain Kirk, whatever, but he's always Shatner. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no better role for Shatner than Boston Legal. Exactly. Exactly. When he comes in, he's like, I'm Shatner. <laughs> this is what I do. This is me. And and we didn't have any characters here in a way who were bigger than the film. No. Uh, we just didn't have that kind of um, charisma. And I love Donald Glover. I don't like him. I he's love great. Donald Glover. He's, he's great. great. And this, he's just, he's okay. He's he's solid. Uh, you know, when Paul Bettany is still in scenes from you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 nothing on Paul Bettany, but Paul yeah. Bettany seemed to know what movie he was in. Exactly. He got it. You know, Paul Bettany is one of the best things in this film. Him and um, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Those are the two best things in this film to me is, is those two guys. Well, it, and, it, and I think it goes to show what experience can do for you. I, I mean, with Harrison Ford, he was not young no. when he first got that role. He was. He was one of the oldest guys on set, and he even had a romance with a like a nineteen-year-old Carrie Fisher. Yeah, or something of that. And I think he was thirty-five and married, or something like that. Well, you know, I don't want to tell tales out of school, um, <laughs> but yeah, according to Carrie Fisher, that's kind of what was going on. Yeah, I guess that was going on with them. You know, he was an older guy, but he carried a certain. 
just a certain panache that just is Harrison Ford. You know, when Harrison Ford pulls out a gun and shoots that guy who's swinging those swords in Indiana Jones, it's just a swagger. I mean, and to be fair to this kid playing solo, I mean, even Harrison Ford isn't Harrison Ford anymore (laughs) to to some extent. But there's still, yeah. But there are still examples of Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford late. Sure. Like that, that entire series where he plays the spy, he's great in those films. And he's a different kind of Harrison Sure, but that's Ford. still like 20 years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair, fair point. We're talk- I mean, this is the era of Ender's Game. Well, I'll tell you what. And I liked him better in a new Star Wars. I thought he was better. Sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, and J.J. actually made a point, apparently, of being like, look, uh, Harrison, we need Han Solo back. Uh, we're gonna, we got to tone back that gravel <laughs> voice that you're doing, that angry old man stuff you've been doing. We got to get back to that higher registers. Like they, apparently he like had a conversation with Harrison on this one, and unfortunately this kid just he's not up to it. You know they cast the hot young actor. I'll they, tell you what, he they didn't a, cast Han Solo. What's the kid? Is it Adam Driver? What's the guy who plays Harrison's oh, son? Uh, yeah, I think it's Adam Driver. He, Kylo Ren. He has some kind of weird thing going on with him, but it's unique. I don't know yeah. if it's charisma, but he's... It's off. It's just off-kilter. He's off-kilter, and you got to look at him, even in a Steve Buscemi kind of way. But there's something weird going on. There's something on going that, on. That, 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 that this kid... I don't so know that like, I always like it, but there's yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm, that I'm buying into it. But there's something. He's trying something. But it's distinct, and, and, and it's... But the, the issue there is Kylo Ren, he gets to create that character. Yeah, Harrison point. Ford created this character. You know, Atlanta, uh, Billy D. Williams created that character. I mean, we're limited here with what we can do. Not really, though. I mean, you know, I've I mean, these guys are. Well, I guess, but I mean, there are a lot of examples where people inhabit a character that has been iconic before them, and they well, turn into Star that. Trek, William Shatner, Chris Pine, and as Chris the Pine new Shatner. Great. He did, and he's following William Shatner. He did the unthinkable. And he was great, and he was great. This the new Spock was great. Uh, Clint, true, yeah, that was also the impossible. No, yeah. Like nobody has done a Vulcan, with the exception of the guy who plays Sarek, his uh, Spock's father. Yeah. Those are the only two Vulcans that have ever been convincing. Nimoy, I don't go that far. Oh, come on, you don't. We, we can't get into the Tuvok conversation. I like Tuvok. Yeah, out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> I like Tuvok. All right, but moving on. Back I to the, I like the chick from uh, uh, Sex and the City. I thought she was good. She was okay. Yeah, I she, I Christy Alley was all right. Christy Alley was pretty decent. I gotta admit, yeah, you're right. I, all right, fine. I'm gonna take it back. I'm being a little hyperbolic, but replacing Nimoy—that's crazy. It's crazy. Replacing Shatner, crazy. I like replacing the new McCoy. The new Scotty's great. New Scotty's good. Yeah, and and where did they get the, where did they get the guy who played Bones? I never heard of the guy. He's perfect. He's it's like he's been waiting his whole life when to they play cast that him. Role. When they cast Dread, <laughs> you know, to play. <laughs> Uh, to play that guy, I'm like, are you out of your mind? He's great. Like, beefcake, New Zealand guy. Um, and even though I wasn't crazy about the film. Which the movie? Film, we're talking about Back to Solo? I was going to say, I like the new Khan. I like Oh, Bender to Cumberbatch is, is great. Yeah. He's, uh, but he's, you know, that one's tough because Ricardo Montalban. Nobody, nobody's better than Ricardo Montalban. But I thought he he brought something he did bring his to, own thing to it. He so brought his own. There's thing a case to it. where somebody now that movie isn't very good. Yeah, it's not the greatest film, but he's good in it. But that's the alternative to what we're doing. We're seeing in Solo, which is all right. Well, do your thing. Yeah, you're not going to be Harrison Ford. You're not going to be Billy D. Do your thing instead. Well, he doesn't have a thing. He doesn't. <laughs> there's no thing. No, he's he doesn't. Just, you know, he's just he's a, just young kid who's with a smile. Hey, I got swagger. 
I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if if you say so, I, mean, I guess I, the script says you do. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I was I was really liking the Wookiee more. I, yeah, Chewbacca <laughs> is better. Is better in this than him to me. I, I like Chewbacca. Chewbacca has like dialogue, like he is. Yeah, he like has, he gives a monologue on occasion, absolutely. and you're just kind of sitting there like, you know what? This should be dumb. I thought the robot was it more interesting. The, I the, got a problem with the robot. I like the robot. It's a little too cartoony. It was cartoony, but I liked it. I was digging it. That whole rebel. Yeah. Um, Train robbery was no good. I mean, it wasn't no good. It was. It was just rote. It was. If you're gonna do like a Star Wars, like this is Star Wars, you're gonna do a train robbery scene. Let's do some. Let's make it spacey. Let's do some kind of. All they did was just turn sideways. Which is cool. What bothered me the most about it is, and I don't know if we get into spoilers. Oh, I guess we got to go into spoilers. All right. We've talked enough. Spoiler section, everybody. Full on spoilers. The scene of, who's the black chick? Oh, Tandy or Tandy? Yeah, Tandy. Tandy Newton. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It makes no sense. None. uh, It makes no sense. While she was there, like I I was like, okay, they're clearly telegraphing she's going to die. Why was she there? Yeah. Why did she? What is accomplished by setting up those charges? Well, here's the thing. Well, I know it's, uh, I guess it drops off, but, but why, why? Does she, why does she have to commit suicide? She doesn't. What, what, what is the reason for that? But there's two problems with it. We're going the script problem. There's two of them. One is, why does that even need to happen? Exactly. Why right. does she, why does anybody need to place charges there? They're going to get the thing off anyway. That's right. They're pulling it off the They're train. They're pulling off the train anyway. Why do we even need to do that? Second, it just sets up like an arbitrary, you know, time limit. They, they don't need, they've made their job harder by doing exactly. that. Two, so she doesn't need to do it. And script wise, they want her to die for a reason, which is apparently to make us feel something or Woody Harrison feel something, do something with that character. But it, make but, us, but it doesn't pay off. But it doesn't. Because the very next scene, Woody Harrelson is upset for all of 15 seconds. Yeah, he's like, hey. Then he's over it. Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, it just, And then it's back to, all right, Han, you're a good guy. Let's go do some stuff. Yeah, it was it was just strange. It made no it sense. It provided no... It, even, we'll talk about fridging in the next episode. Well, that's not even fridging. That's it, just stupid. It's just... It, but it's there, it's there supposedly. Even if they're going to do this dumb thing, it's there... But that's not ...to fridging, motivate right? something. It, but it's not, though. It's clearly not. I know it's not, but that's why you do that. Yeah. And they didn't even do that. Yeah. I I don't know why they did that. It just was, it made no sense. I I was just like, what are they doing? And and it's Tandy Newton. Why? She's good. Yeah. She's a good actor. She's uh, something. You know, there's something to her. In the film. She was. After she left. Her charisma was missed. I don't, I mean, I guess we have two new characters to take their place, and that's why you kill two people. I mean, John Favreau, I don't know if you noticed, John Favreau was in this movie. Who was John Favreau? He was the four-armed fella. The what? The pilot. The four-armed pilot. Oh, that was John Favreau? Apparently. Oh. I didn't notice it until I saw it in the credits. I uh, did not notice it as well. And that character... I know, I know Linda Hunt was in the film. Yeah. she. My, my thing is, I, I would did. rather see Linda Hunt. Like, instead of this weird worm that's not very creative... Yeah. And she, done well. She already looks like she's from space. Exactly. Like she's perfect, <laughs> right? I would rather see Linda Hunt come up out of the water. That would be better, yeah. Um, that, that was a very uninspired monster. Hey, let's talk about the muddy visuals for a second. This film is, we talked about this a little bit after the movie, but it's difficult to see what's happening. It's like they purposely wanted everything to be obscured and hard to see. It's, it's always dark. It's always gray. You know what it felt like? It was almost like they, it's like they screened the film and it's like, man, these visuals are terrible. 
terrible. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> can we turn the? Can we turn the? We, we don't down? have enough time to make this look. Yeah, good. we can't fix this. Can we just muddy everything? Yeah, just make it hard to see. God, these visuals are awful. Can we just like turn it down twenty percent so everything's yeah. a little dark? You had a, you know, in, in Act Two they go to the mine or whatever. Yeah, and you oh, had an terrible. interesting comment about. What was even happening? Yeah, like apparently, like for some reason, uh, Chewbacca is like, oh, mm, mm, all right, don't got, don't do that. I got, you don't like my Chewbacca? No, don't, mm. no, stop it. That's please. a bad Chewbacca. We need to not. No. So, so he's motioning over, like I gotta go. I don't know. I gotta go to my macrame class. I'm There's like, something what? happening over there. Yeah, what is Chewbacca? Why is he doing that? And he's pointing to some shadowy figures, and I'm like, and finally, it dawns him. Oh, those are Wookies, I think. Yeah. That he's found, and they've already set it up with a line that he's looking for his tribe. Yeah. And then he finds his tribe, and he they've been enslaved get, by the Empire. Yeah, they've been enslaved, and now he. It just makes no sense. I can't see it. I'm like. And there's a pivotal scene in this movie where they're flying around sort of this living space creature thing. Yep. And I just can't see it. I mean, I feel like an old man. I'm like, back in the day, you know, my science fiction was well lit so I can see it. I can't see what's happening. So if I can't see it, then does it really happen? Does it really yeah, matter? Yeah, it gives you a lot of impression. This is the problem with a lot of modern action movies. It gives you the impression of action, but you don't really have a grasp on what's happening. We discussed this. Where we are in we space and time. This before. People ask, oh, are you a Trekker or do, or do you like Star Wars? And I love Star Trek way better. And one of the reasons I now realize is I can see it. It's well lit, all of it. All the movies are well lit. The shows are well lit. I can see what's happening in the action. With so, the exception, I'll give you two movies that are exceptions to that. The one with Hardy was dark. That there, yes, the, but that was supposed to be at least. At least that was a there was a rationale behind. What? What was the rationale? That he came from a part a planet that was soaked in dark. No, not that. The whole movie. Looks like garbage. They, True. I'm just saying they they, they were literally playing with this palette. I of got darkness. you, but even like on that scene, uh, the that that chase scene on the planet where they find B4's pieces. And no, I, I grant you, it just it's, looks like I a grant mess. You, it's too dark. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there was at least a rationale to it. Mm. This is just dark for no reason. I mean, there's no reason why it needs the, to be. Dark. Well, that's the thing. This movie, you a, would think out of mind, it would be well lit. People need light right. to lift and transport. Why is it so dark? Well, it, it's they're doing the DC thing. It's it's almost like this is a DC movie in a way, yeah. like aesthetically. You know, you're you're absolutely right. It has a DC feel to it, and it's like they don't understand what. And maybe this is part of nothing happens at noon. No, it, <laughs> that's the thing. Is it's almost like they because maybe this is a repercussion of having fired the directors and having somebody else come on board and all this craziness. But they're making a Western, and maybe this is partly why I like Act 3, because it actually yeah, looks more like a Western. Does, we, once we right. get to Act 3, it's full-on Western. You can right. see what's happening. It's like a, you know, it's a desert. And, it's and Star making, Wars. You're making a great, a great point, one that needs to be made. This isn't a bad film. No. To hear people talk, it sounds like it's a bad film. It's not. It's actually, it's a decent film. It's okay. Especially once you get to, you're right, The Last Star, it's pretty pretty good. I wish they would just lighten it up a little bit. Uh, And I wish they would have cast... This movie's supposed to be a fun Western, and it doesn't feel like it for two-thirds of the movie. I wish they would have cast, and I I know people hate when I say this, I wish they would have cast a famous actor for Solo. Like who? Somebody with charisma. (laughs) Uh, Somebody that comes with a certain... Swagger, a certain charisma. Doesn't have to be the hottest young actor, but just somebody that brings a certain thing to this. Like, but I don't know who that is. I mean, I, it could be anybody. 
Apparently not. I mean, I'm thinking, but I think there could be a... I wish they would have picked a more established person. And by established, I don't even mean a star. I just mean somebody who we we look at, oh, that's the guy from... Just somebody who has, I don't know, some proven bit of charisma in some field. Yeah, but you almost run into the problem with, like, it, when, with Hamlet, in a way. It's... So many times we see Hamlet as portrayed by somebody in their 30s or 40s, which is far too old for that character. But they do that because younger actors can't pull it off. I don't know if I agree with that. And not, not always, but you're going to have an easier time finding an older, more experienced actor to be able to pull off that See, role. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's why that's done. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with selling power. I think their calculus is that we're going to get people to shove into a, a, a room to watch Hamlet. We damn well better have a star in there yeah, who's part of it. I think that's most of it. Because you, you literally have hundreds of thousands of theater people all over the country who are doing, who can do Hamlet. All kind of graduates who do Hamlet and could kill that part, but we never heard of them. So it's not a skill thing. You got the actors who can do it. I don't know that you have the fame that can pull people to go see Hamlet. You know, if you put uh, Mel Gibson in it, who was a great Hamlet, by the way. Actually, I agree. That is really good. That was a very surprising performance out of him. Well, uh, he's awesome. far too old for the role. Yeah. What's but awesome is to put his and Branna. Uh, Branna, no. Uh, I it, can't. It was good. It, I can't. It was two different interpretations. Sure. Because the main question, one was interesting, one wasn't. Yeah, well, both of them were interesting. <laughs> the main, the main character, the main question is: Is Hamlet crazy or is he crafty? Right. Branna clearly went crafty, and to me, Gibson went. I'm trying. It was to more keep unhinged. Tethered. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to keep tethered to my reality and still do this thing. Uh, and I liked how he shortened it in some ways. Branna. Yeah, went that was Zeffirelli more, I think, than uh, well, yeah, Gibson. But yeah, fair point. But uh, Branna went full off spectacle. I mean, that is a beautiful film. Beautiful film. Some of those sure, but it feels are, it, it feels empty as ooh, a boy. That's rough. I I thought it was really good. I mean, if you can make it through all of it, and I, that's the problem. It, it, <laughs> it's very difficult to sit. Through. Yeah, you can't. You can I mean, only see it once. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the it, whole thing. But, it, it felt but I mean, obligatory. To, and, and I'm not a nerd for this version. kind of stuff. But the costuming, the set design. Sure, I, I thought Brandon was good in it. But uh, it was much. But those choices were. Obligatory. It felt obvious. And, and Shakespeare it doesn't have to. Be. I mean, look at Zeffirelli and Gibson in Hamlet. That was that, that was that was. It unusual. does not have. That's better. Great. Yeah, it was good. It was unusual. Do I something mean, with it. They they basically did a thing. Uh, like I don't know who the filmmaker was, but the one who made A Lion in Winter, where they made the right. the decision to try to portray it almost how it kind of was that even royalty lived in pretty yeah, squalid bad yeah conditions. Mm-hmm. Relative to what we would consider right. good condition, where there are animals all over and feces, just and all a mess. Over. Yeah, yeah, this this ridiculousness where everybody's in the guild in towel. your clothes are all like yeah, dirty and totally ridiculous. Uh, kings rarely dress like that unless yeah. it was war events and all that. Yeah, like they went that way with that film. It was it was really it's great. great. Yeah, it's, it's great. great. But uh, but it was kind of interesting. But to Peter see O'Toole, that. you know, he that, oh, now there's God. an actor. Well, that guy can take you take Peter O'Toole's a master at taking. What could be absolutely mundane dialogue oh, yeah. and spin it into gold? He's Shatner. I, well, okay. <laughs> and, and I say that in the sense of 
Peter O'Toole and everything he is is in some ways bigger than. The I mean, look at Beckett. Like, be- there's an example of ca- of characters who, like in a Shakespeare play, it, you get actors, you get the Branagh piece, and you got actors who are trying to be like, oh, Shakespeare, and you get you get Peter O'Toole in there, and that's, you got somebody who's playing with the language, playing with the character. Course. Yeah, but that's unfair. That's like saying, you know, uh, you know, we got this one basketball player, he's no Jordan. I mean, it's Peter O'Toole. I mean, that, that there literally isn't much above. Of that that's that's as good as it gets so yeah it's not peter o'toole level but what is, who is i mean you ever seen that guy in my favorite year my god guy's a genius yeah nobody's that but it's good i, mean, <laughs> I don't know that's, I, a, that's a tough yeah you know what it was the, the line i'm when i'm 50 alive and a king all at the same time mm-hmm. peter o'toole he turns those lines like daggers yeah. nobody does that back to solo I'm uh, sorry, I got bored talking about Solo. Yeah, let's I guess so. To, let's go back to Solo. Um, this movie felt like there needed to be a guy in the in the lower left-hand corner of the screen who's constantly pointing at stuff and looking at the audience saying, Huh? Huh? Right? Right? Remember that? <laughs> See? Remember that thing? And then, like, you know, they was, they used, you mentioned this, and it's very true, how they would they, they'll take that John Williams score, or was it Williams? Yeah, those Williams sting now yeah, and again. And they, they, they'll just sprinkle it in. Uh, uh, right? Because the score otherwise is so mundane <laughs> and nothing. It, it, it was those moments where, like, you know, you get in the cockpit or Solo sits down in the pilot seat and you get that da-da-da. You know, it's that Star Wars bit. But, but they didn't even exploit that, though. Like, that... That scene, like I, I say, drain that scene. That scene when we get him sitting there for the first time in the Millennium Falcon, flipping the switches. I mean, make that a make that a moment. Yeah, and it kind of wasn't. It was like eh. you know what was a moment. What they spent three seconds on a still shot of Han Solo getting his gun, <laughs> as though that were something we needed. Yeah, it was. Hey, here's a. I'm going to toss you this gun. And we get, and he holds the gun for three seconds. We see a shot just of that gun. And that's when we need that guy in the corner. Huh? Huh? Right? Huh? Right? Uh, So, what is your name? Han. 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 What is your family name? I don't have anybody. I don't have a family. Ah. Ah. This will be stupid. I'm gonna give you a accidentally give you this cool. It's like it's almost like the guy's like, all right, I got, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up, kid. I got you. I got you. You want chicks, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> you like women? I'm gonna hook you up, bro. <laughs> Hooked up, Han Solo. Boom. What do you think, huh? Right, huh? right. And you need that guy in the corner, huh? And they never explain either. Not that I'm nitpicking, but they never explain like. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Where he's like, he meets his girlfriend because they get separated when they're trying to get off of this planet. And then they say, oh, three years later. And then he finally meets her at a party. He's like, hey, I was doing this one job. And then I was coming back to get you after three, three years, three years bro. on a dirt ball of a planet where clearly I'm being exploited. But after three years, I was going, really? That uh, what we're doing? Like, uh- this movie is confusing because she, I mean, obviously this is a family film, so they can't go into everything she's done, but she has clearly been exploited and used. Right. Yes. She's a sexual prop. And, and yeah, she is. Burned. She Had is, to murder people. She has been forced to do many horrible things. Horrible things. And she's she sees this guy, and she's all smiles? Exactly. She's all smiles? It makes no sense. And he's all like, oh, whoa. What's up? It's been three years. I was going to be right back, I swear. 
After three and years. she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, forget all that. How I'm you just doing? Glad you got out. How you well, doing? Well, it's great to see What's you. What's up, dog? I mean, mm, it, yeah. it was like the it was the Woody Harrelson moment where his wife or you know partner, yeah, boom, right on. just died, and he's moving on. So many of the emotional beats of this movie ring so false and hollow. Yeah, I agree. And, and even a good actor like Woody Harrelson can't pull that off. I almost feel movie. like maybe they screwed. Like they, this is a, a he's a victim of the editing. Here, like that scene, there's more to that scene, either before or after. There would almost have to be, right? There has to. I mean, I imagine, like, look, we got to move this along. Look, it's over. You know, we got to move on. But I think they would have done themselves well to add an extra six minutes to the film to give us that smoother transition. Something. It's those important moments that are victim. It would have been even nice when when Solo meets her and, hey, I ain't seen it through you. And she slaps him in the face. Just give us that. And then he has to come back to her and give us a, a couple minutes. Something, of- yeah. Their relationship has nowhere to go because it always it already starts off on we're back and then love and and it's there's like a little bit of wavering here and there, but there's no arc for that relationship until you know the end where the obvious happens where she. I mean, we know they can't be together because we know there's you know Princess Leia and he's alone anyway, so this relationship can't happen. And we've all seen Game of Thrones, so we know what she's going to do. Another I that shooting was kind of quick, too. The shooting? When he shoots Woody Harrelson. Oh, well, that was... And disturbed that's, me a little. Well, that's the Greedo thing. That's the trying to make amends for what George Lucas did in the special edition to Greedo, is the shooting first thing. Han shoots first. That's the... Surely you've heard this. No. The whole controversy when the special edition came out was that George Lucas changed that scene with Greedo to Greedo shoots first but misses, and then Han Solo shoots Greedo to kind of soften him, I guess, to make him seem like less of a murderer. Yeah. But it, Han Solo's a murderer. He will kill you. That's what makes that first movie work. One of the things that makes yeah. it work is, like, this guy's scary. You don't He's mess scary. with this guy. He's edgy, for real. And uh, so I think that He's was... He's a survivor. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only moment if... I think they didn't set it up. Like, if they set him up more as a survivor than he was... Yeah, it just it felt a little... I think you're right. It just felt out of what I was expecting. It's them relying too much on our relationship with the Harrison Ford version. Yeah, that, we're, that the backstory should be there for us. That we don't have to set that table for you. I guess I get that. But it just, when, it, it, when, it, when I saw it, it just jarred me a little. I was like, hmm, okay, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't have enough of, much of a problem with that. I mean, even there was a, a nerd next to me who I think's like, oh, yeah, Han shoots first. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> but another moment with the guy in the corner pointing at the screen, Darth Maul. Oh yeah, shows up. And if you pay, if you're looking, you different can see actor. no same actor. It's Ray Park. Is that him? Uh, yeah, it's a different actor doing the voice than in the in Phantom Menace. I think the guy doing the voice, weirdly enough. Is a guy who uh, you might remember from uh, briefly from Battlestar Galactica, and he's done a few Star Wars video games where he was the main character. Uh-huh. Can't remember his name, but in any case, yeah, there's Ray Park. He looked older, <laughs> as you might expect. Heavier, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I don't know if he's keeping up, but uh, <laughs> uh, but Darth he, Maul is eating well. He's, yeah, he went through a phase. He's like, been through some stuff. Yeah, he went through a phase. He, was... uh, he doesn't have the same digestive tract because if you look, if you look, he's sitting down, and if you pay attention, you can see. He's got robot legs. Oh, okay. And it wasn't, and, and this is the moment where it's the guy pointing at the screen. Eh? Is he sta- Ray Park stands up 
And they really emphasize in the sound design, robot sounding like metal noises when he stands up. Like, this is how a robot stands up. You can hear the robot standing up sound. I'm like, this guy is a Jedi, and he's going to want silent legs. I guarantee you. These are not, you're doing this because you Why want the guy in the stand? corner. Why does he have to stand? Why does he even have to stand? But it's the guy in the corner saying, ah, notice the legs? Because he got chopped in half. I don't remember. Remember? Ah. Uh. When did he get chopped in half? What do you mean? That's all. He, that's what he's famous for. <laughs> no, but I thought... I mean, yeah, that's I'm, how he, quote-unquote, dies. In, the sequence is off to me then. Okay, so this happens... In The Phantom Menace, it's the fight between Obi-Wan... Why do I think The Phantom Menace was after this? But no. It, no, it's long before. That's right, it is. Okay. Long before. So this, I mean, in the if you want to go by like the, the Clone Wars cartoon, Darth Maul has been back with robot legs before. So I don't know if his legs made noise in that cartoon. It's just, it, it just struck me as notice, eh, notice that, eh? we put the legs on him. Uh, it's just a lot of that. But uh, yeah, the third act's all right. It's good. It kind of works. It's I thought fun. the pacing works. It's not, there's not a lot of it that's a surprise, though. No, there's a. It, we need a moratorium on the character saying, the mentor saying, don't trust anybody. We need that trope to kind of, we need to put a pause button on that one for a while. <laughs> because it's always so, it's always just like, oh, okay, well, he's going to betray them. That's how that works. Indeed. Obviously. It, it's, it's enough. We get it. If you want to surprise us, stop telling us that exactly what's going to happen. Fair point. And uh, last nitpick, Paul Bettany, uh-huh. Bellamy, Bettany, Paul Bettany, he's got these uh, space knives. Yeah, that once you turn them on and they glow, they have this, the exact same power as regular knives. It's like you, you, they're they're knives already, and you, so we make them glow, and now they work exactly the same <laughs> as knives. I, I think that's untrue. No. That's how I it think works. That's a, what what did he that. do that was that was different from knives? I think that they're that more, thing. I think they 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 have more cutting power. <laughs> did he display that extra cutting power at any he point? He kind of did. Like when Where? He, when he throws it at him, you see how it kind of chops that whole thing off. What whole thing? It the thing that that piece. I don't know what, what what the term is, but that furniture piece above him, it cuts it almost in half mm. when he throws it. So I think it has more cutting power technically. Uh, I cuts to you like butter, but but it's a fair uh, point. Yeah, daggers. I, I think it's kind of the same deal with like a lightsaber. You know, if you had a regular sword. Yeah, regular I sword guess, but it was never you. really properly. I mean, maybe I just missed it. It was never properly demonstrated. It just seemed like well, I think space, it, space knife. Well, what, what it did, what it said to me was, it's almost the same. In the same family of the lightsaber, like a sword will really do the job, yeah. but a lightsaber is a little more powerful. And yeah. it, comes a little, it was kind of like that. It's more than a little more powerful. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like if you throw a knife at a piece of furniture or something, even a really sharp knife, most times it's just going to bang and fall down. When he throws his, it like slices nah. it. So I think that, that it was kind of in that universe. So it's it, the power of a knife. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, it's like two knives duct taped together. It's like that kind of power. Yeah, it, was just, <laughs> it just seemed like another cool way to get in a light source. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, I get your point, but I was like, eh, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a real complaint. It just struck me funny. Yeah, it <laughs> like, was funny. It, it, once you turn it on, is the power of one knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's a little more than that. I think, I think that was the point. <laughs> All this power we're generating. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and we could basically go cut a life, a slice of bread. Oh yeah. It, is, but what, oh, what here's the magic. It cuts the bread and toasts it simultaneously. That's the that's, <laughs> that's the, the science thing. of it. That's the thing. You okay. say a lot of sure. time. Gotcha. All right, fair enough. All right, they stand corrected. Stand corrected. Yeah, we've talked a lot of crap about this movie. It's okay. Yeah, I would recommend it. I, I think, don't. I don't think I'll ever see it again. But I think it, it takes us back to, and I think I think there's a place for this. Back to the tradition of the of the Saturday matinee, uh, where you just, you can just have some sure. kids go see an action movie that isn't drenched in blood. Yeah, where it's almost like a western, where westerns were shootouts, but they weren't bloody necessarily. Typically, yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's in that. Realm in the same way that Spielberg wanted to reinvent the serial when he did Indiana Jones. Yeah, this is in that general. Then to be fair, so did George Lucas with Star yeah, Wars. George Lucas, absolutely. George George Lucas is doing it's his exactly. version of Flash Gordon. Yep, very true. And, and I think this fits in that. It, you know what? It's better than I thought it would be. I will give it that third act, especially the good Saturday matinee kind of film. So take the kids, uh, not super bloody. Sure, yeah, fun that. family film. As long yeah. as you can see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, younger kids with better eyesight will enjoy it more than say I. Yeah, I go to a theater that you know puts their projector all the way up, full illumination or something. Don't do 3D. That's no, gonna be a mistake. No, no. That's that's a bad. That deal. will be a mistake. Darkness all in your face. Oh, I can't imagine. All right, check us out on our website, disagreepodcast.com on Facebook. Like us there. Disrespectfully agree. And do us a favor, write us a review, or just drop us some stars. Five stars are, of course, preferable on whatever service you're using, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Music, what have you. And with that, we will talk at you next week. Bye. Peace and chicken grease. Y'all like Star Wars fan fiction? Uh, I actually do. Son of a bitch. Oh, wait a minute. Let me answer this real quick. Hey, what's up, babe? Hey, babe. You're on speaker. You're on speaker, too. And not only are you on speaker, you're on the air with me and LJ. Oh, I'm on the air? Yes. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. So what's up, babe? (laughs) Hi. I'll call back. You sure? (laughs) Yes. You don't want to comment on Solo or anything? She's more professional than you are. Okay, baby. I love you, baby. Love you, too. All right, sweetums. Bye. Sorry, audience. I apologize. You're a monster. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Is I, it the case again? Is that what it was? The case confused yeah, you? Uh, well, what it is is I got a new case, and I, I can't figure out how to turn my Because <laughs> it works differently or something. I uh-huh. it. The case did it. Wait a minute. Okay. I think. I mean, I'm gonna have to need. To, I may need you to work with my phone, LJ, uh-huh. to make sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm back, though, guys. Hey. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Um, what the hell were we talking about? We were talking about solo, and do oh, I like yeah. fan fiction? Oh yeah. Actually, yes, I do. <laughs>